Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Okay, so I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and your business. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, so am I. And so how about we start off with just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Teddy Besna, and I'm the founder of Teddy Besna Digital Marketing. And I specialize in helping businesses get their website found online organically. So I do search engine optimization, content strategy, blog and copywriting, and then conversion rate optimization as well. So I've been running my company for over three years now, and I've had the opportunity to work with over 50 businesses in all different industries, niches, verticals, uh, everything under the sun, pretty much. And I'm based in Victoria, British Columbia, where I live with my husband and my six-month-old baby girl. Oh, that's that's so exciting. And, um, you know, it's, I guess to get started in that, how did you first get into this industry? Yeah, so I started my career working at a startup. And when I first started working with them, I was a marketing coordinator. And I mostly did blog writing and a little bit of web marketing. But I was surrounded by these women who were so creative and who had such incredible vision and were, you know, artists in their own right. And they had almost no interest in the analytics or the reporting or the data. And so I saw it as an opportunity to really provide value to this incredible team. And so from there, I started growing in the more technical side of marketing. Um, So I did a lot of paid advertising with Google ads and Facebook ads, as well as search engine optimization. And I found that SEO in particular really married my love of you know creative writing and the you know, creative side of marketing while also letting me dive into spreadsheets and nerd out over numbers and graphs and sort of combine those two parts that I really loved about marketing. So that's really where I focused and flourished in my career. Okay. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. And, you know, I love hearing sort of the background of how people get into the industry. And then, so from there, what was it that, you know, really drived you to decide to start your own business? Yeah, well, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So my maternal grandfather and my dad both ran businesses for the majority of their careers. So I grew up sitting around the dinner table listening to, you know, stories about staffing and inventory and profit margins and leases and rentals and all these different things. So entrepreneurship has always been a part of my life. And I've, you know, done little businesses here and there, even as a child. So I always knew that I wanted to do something for myself. Um, but I just didn't 100% know what it was that I wanted to do. And while I was working at that startup, I spent a couple years pretty head down, just focused on the one company that I was working for in this one industry. But one day I was invited to participate in an event that was put on by a local marketing agency. 
And what they did was they created a roundtable of local marketing experts that were able to help local charities and nonprofits that otherwise wouldn't be able to afford to get that kind of insight. So I participated in this evening and we helped, I think, four or five different organizations. And I just felt like a fire was lit within me. I thought, oh my gosh, I can take what I know from this one job and this one business and apply it to help so many other people. And so I thought, okay, here's something that I can do where I can really make an impact. And this event sort of intersected with the time that my dad's businesses were starting to wrap up and he was starting to sort of end that chapter of his career. And he had said to me, you know, if I had someone like you in my corner, things might have gone differently for my business. He owned uh, brick and mortar pet stores. <laughs> and so that transition to going online and, you know, increasing your visibility there felt really impossible for an owner operator that had been just doing what he did really well for all these years and just not being able to make that shift. And so that to me was really profound. And when I first started my business, my focus was on helping those mom and pops, uh, those kind of local small businesses, because I knew that they went home and they sat around a dinner table with their kids, teaching them about business. And, uh, you know, that this was what helped keep a roof over their heads. And so I took that responsibility very seriously and decided to start my business to be able to help those businesses. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, it's such an interesting path and in how, how we got there. And I love sort of the mission and the purpose that really drove you to that. And you also had said, you know, you have people in your family that were also entrepreneurs. And so mm -hmm. I'd be curious, is there something um, specific, you know, you really, a lesson you really learned from them and took once you became an entrepreneur that you'd like to share? Yeah, well, I mean... It, I, I almost had mixed feelings towards entrepreneurship when I grew up because I saw the toll that it took. I mean, my dad, again, with working with live animals, you know, if the power went out at two o'clock in the morning, it was him driving to the store to make sure that the lights went back on. And so I saw the incredible responsibility that entrepreneurship took, but I also saw the opportunity and the ability to really determine your own future and that increasingly became something that was more important to me as I started actually entering the workforce. Uh, I realized what I valued in a workplace and in my career, and that ended up aligning, you know, very well with entrepreneurship. So um, certainly, you can, you know, leave a nine to five to start working a twenty-four hour business. Um, I know a lot of people think when they start their own business, oh, I'll work from the beach, I'll, you know, be able to set my own hours, and I don't know how often that's really the case. But uh, it's something where it is so much more meaningful in my mind because it's something that is yours. Um, and that you really are able to nurture and grow and have a vision for in, in a way that's really hard to get in another type of job. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's it's always so interesting, you know, hearing about those behind the scenes of businesses that you don't really, you don't really get to see from the outside. Um, but I mean, it's, it's definitely like you said, it's if it's something you're passionate about, then you know, that's the important part. And you'd spoken a little bit before about sort of bouncing back in uncertain times. Um, and you know, is there sort of an experience that you've gone through with this where it maybe was sort of a lower time and how you came back from it? And you know, any advice that you might have for someone who's maybe going through a setback right now? Yeah, absolutely. So after that initial event that I went to where we were helping the not-for-profit organizations, 
I started reflecting and thinking, okay, you know, maybe here's what my next steps look like in starting, you know, my own business. Maybe I should get, you know, a different role that will allow me to spend the time building my own business. So I started sort of looking in different directions. But um, in the meantime, the startup that I was working at laid off my entire department. And in that moment, it was completely devastating. I had been working there for three years. And I always joke around that like startup years are like dog years. <laughs> so I felt like I had spent my whole life working there and my you know, identity, my friendship, everything had felt so intertwined with this role and this, this company that I was working with. And so to have it taken away all at once was, you know, it felt life shattering in that moment. And I was really lucky that I was able to move forward and take with me those lessons that have allowed me to ride the waves of life since then. Um, and one of the biggest things that I took away from that was realizing that the only way to protect yourself is to give yourself options and to never really have all of your eggs in one basket. And this can look like, you know, if you have a full-time job, having additional streams of income, if you're a business owner, diversifying your client base or the different types of services that you offer, it can also look like having diverse relationships or strong relationships with people in your industry so that you're never just saying, okay, this is the one thing I do. These are the few people I hang out with. Having the, those backup plans, that diversity will help you ride the waves of life. And for something like COVID, I mean, who could have possibly seen a global pandemic coming and the way that it would disrupt the world and business? And by having those contingency plans and having alternate options for yourself, you always know that there's something else that you can go to. You're never stuck or trapped in any one decision because you always have something else that you can go to. And that was something that really helped me when COVID came. I saw a lot of people in my industry and, and some of my colleagues and my peers who only worked with travel businesses or only worked with restaurants or hospitality where in an instant, they now had to completely pivot their business, whereas I had gone somewhat against the grain and instead of niching down, had really diversified my client base. And so I was able to you know, keep moving forward instead of having to scramble to pick up the pieces. Um, things were a little bit smoother for me. And so that's something that I've really carried with me in many aspects of my life, but always having a plan A to Z, always giving yourself those options so that you can make the best choice for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's such a great piece of advice. And, you know, especially now, it's it's definitely great for businesses to think about if it's something that, you know, they maybe hadn't have thought about it in that way before. So I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, you had spoken before about, you know, helping your dad's sort of business transition online. And right now, with the pandemic, like you said, there is a lot of, you know, pivots happening. Do you have any advice for maybe a business that is sort of in that transition right now? Um, you know, from going from, you know, the regular being in person to sort of that transition online, any piece of advice that could sort of help them during this time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think everyone sort of scrambled and realized, oh my gosh, we need to get ourselves online today. And then I did see some other people who were saying, oh, it's, you know, it's so much work. It's such a commitment. It's going to take a lot of time. And it really is one of those things that it's like the, the time will pass anyways. And so it's better to start early and be proactive. Um, I think that having an online presence, regardless of whether you're actually selling online, 
is really important because that's the first place that most people are going to interact with your business. So even if you do have a brick and mortar location and that's where the majority of your, you know, business or your, you know, services are being provided, people are probably going to Google you first. And what they'll see is your Google My Business profile or they'll see your website. And to be able to match that in-person experience with what people see online is how you're then going to be able to drive that business to not only your brick and mortar, but also to be able to grow your online business with the people who are used to interacting with you in person. So if you have a very strong, loyal fan base that comes to your store every week, um, then to be able to create something online that mirrors and matches that, whether that's through your branding, the language that you use, uh, the experience that you're able to provide, whether you're you know, maybe high-end or maybe you're something that's a little bit more straightforward and friendly and accessible, being able to reflect that both in person and online is a really great long-term growth strategy. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's, you know, such a great point. And, you know, like you said, giving that experience in both ways and also, especially going online too, you know, you, you do open up to a brand new, a whole new audience as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely, you know, like you said, very beneficial for businesses, especially right now. When we're speaking too about sort of the the journey of entrepreneurship, there definitely is sort of those highs and lows of it. Um, and, you know, is there ever sort of times with your business, you know, you, it, you could be feeling run down. I know you also, you know, you have a uh, new baby as well. So, you know, being <laughs> yeah. able to balance that and, you know, find that motivation to sort of keep going in the business during those times. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, some days it's a matter of reflecting on your why, uh, which I think is an important thing to have when you do start a business. And it should be beyond just money because uh, you're probably not going to make enough in your business at first to make that worth it. But uh, for me, you know, I think of the impact that I'm making with my clients. I think about the life satisfaction of being an entrepreneur, of being able to stay home and be with my daughter. Those are all really strong motivators for me. But there are also just some days where it's a matter of putting one foot in front of the other (laughs) and just the resilience and grit of having to keep going. Um, But I find that being accountable to my clients and having some of that external accountability also can help. Uh, I'm big on integrity. And if I tell someone that their report is going to be done on Friday, then I'm going to be working on it Thursday, whether I feel like it or not. And so knowing that there's also those ebbs and flows of motivation, I try to lean into those moments where I'm feeling really productive. Maybe my daughter is like at her grandparents' house. And so the house is quiet and I can really focus and dive in on what I'm doing. So I try to make the most of those moments knowing that there's going to be days where, you know, my motivation is low, didn't get a good sleep last night, my daughter's crying, you know, I need to be doing other things. Um, So trying to lean into those moments where I have the ability to get a lot done, and then extending myself grace in the moments that I don't. But I think a big thing that I've been working on and that I will forever be working on is also trying to prevent that burnout in the first place. Um, I've tend to fall into a a pattern of being really reactive. You know, I want to help everyone. I want to take on everything and be able to always say yes. And so that, of course, has led to a lot of overwhelm and a lot of moments where I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to get this all done? So I'm now working on saying, okay, 
what do I want my life to look like? And what are my overarching priorities? And how do I make sure that my work is aligned to that? And that that is actually supporting my life vision instead of driving it because, you know, I got a new request or I got a new project coming in. So instead of being reactive, being more more proactive and mitigating that to begin with. Mm-hmm, definitely. That, that makes sense. And I think that, you know, that's a thing that I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs go through. And so <laughs> being able to make those priorities and those boundaries, I think is, is so important, um, especially with owning your own business. Um, yeah. And so I know that you said that's something you're sort of constantly working on. Um, has there been sort of any other obstacle that, you know, you've really overcome with your business you'd like to share? Yeah, I think from an external sense, my business has been conventionally pretty successful. Uh, Being a service provider, I was profitable right from the start. I've grown every year. I've gotten new clients. And so from a kind of business perspective, things have gone pretty smoothly so far. I'll I'll knock on wood. Um, But the real biggest obstacle I've found has been the internal struggles. It's been imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs and anxiety. And I think back to getting, you know, my fourth client and being up at night thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to balance this with my full-time job? Am I going to be able to deliver amazing services to this person? You know, who am I to charge what I'm charging? Uh, Even in the early days when I was charging, not very much at all. um, Having that and fighting that imposter syndrome has been a huge hurdle and a huge struggle for me. And I think the unique part about being a service provider is that at the very beginning of your business, you are placing a dollar value on your expertise, on your knowledge, on the experience that you provide for your clients. And that can be something that's really challenging and forces you to really look inward because when you're putting yourself out there, it's not just promoting a product or you know something outside of yourself that you're selling. You really are selling yourself. And so that can be really vulnerable. Um, but what I always try to do is sort of look back at things that felt impossible when I was first doing them and to see how far I've come. Like I remember the very first time that I ever opened up Google Analytics, I took one look at this and I thought, oh my gosh, there is no way I am ever going to be able to understand what is going on here. This is so complicated. This is so confusing. And now I can pull a report in my sleep. And so whenever I interact you know, or encounter a situation where I think, oh my gosh, am I gonna be able to do this? Am I gonna be able to figure this out? All I have to do is look back at all these other moments where I thought that exact same thing and realize that, you know, I am able to learn and overcome and being humble enough to be a student and to be okay with not being amazing at things right away and being open enough to learn, I think is hugely powerful as an entrepreneur and as a person and uh, a great way to help to continue to grow your business instead of just throwing up your hands as soon as something you know, feels overwhelming or hard because there's going to be a lot of those moments. Yes, definitely. And I mean, like you said, I think that's a a constant journey as an entrepreneur is always sort of learning (laughs) something new. Um, And you brought up a great point there too about, you know, when you were first starting out and sort of struggling with, you know, the pricing of the business and then also Mm -hmm. like the imposter syndrome of putting the price behind your business. And do you have just sort of any advice for someone, you know, how to sort of go about in, you know, finding that right sweet spot, I guess? (laughs) I think the 
rule of thumb is charge more than what you're charging. <laughs> you're probably <laughs> undercharging. There are very, very few people who are overcharging and they probably know it. Um, so the people who are genuinely looking to provide services, you're probably undercharging. It's really good if you're able to, and if you have the type of industry where this is something you can do, is to talk to other people and see what they're charging. I know on a lot of websites, people aren't super upfront with like what their pricing is, but if you have you know another social media marketer or if you have another person that does what you do who are similarly aligned in you know experience and in their target clients, um, talking to them and seeing what it is that they charge. There's also, of course, different formulas of saying, okay, you know, I need to make $50,000 a year to make this work. Um, and then accounting for all of your expenses, because <laughs> I think that's something that can kind of get, uh, get missed is the fact that on anything that you charge, so if you charge, you know, $50 an hour, you have to set aside 20% for tax. If you have any software that you use, if you get a custom domain, you know, all of these business expenses also have to be taken off the top. So what feels like a lot actually starts to be much more reasonable once all of those expenses are accounted for. So uh, making sure that you are creating an accurate vision of, okay, what does it cost me to run my business? What do I need to make? And from there, you know, what should I be charging? That's another way of, of looking at that. But uh, certainly it is a, a personal reflection experience <laughs> in addition to the practical accounting of things. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, those are some really great strategies to go about it and for people to really look into if they if they are going through that. Um, and you talked about there too, you know, with being a service provider, um, do you have sort of, I'd love to hear a bit about, about you know, setting yourself apart um, as a service provider. Yeah, um, I think, the, you know, it's, it's a cliche for a reason, but when you're a service provider, your greatest differentiator is going to be you. There's, you know, a million social media marketers, there's a million travel agents, you know, when you're providing a service, it's going to be very rare that you are one of the only people that does what you do. But it's a matter of defining, okay, who is it that I am in relation to what matters to my clients? Because I think a lot of us just think, oh, well, I'm just being me. Uh, but when it comes to running a business as yourself, you have to also then very clearly define, you know, what is my brand experience and what is my client's experience of me that is going to set me apart. Um, so what I did was I looked at, you know, feedback and conversations that I had had with a bunch of my clients and I saw what mattered to them. What did they notice and comment on? And what were the things that made the difference in them actually working with me and making that, that decision? So, you know, for me, one of the things that has really stood out to my clients is being organized. And, you know, not every person is going to be super organized or resonate with a person who's really organized. You know, some people might say, oh, I just want to go with the flow, I, you know, or I have my own system. I don't want to work with yours. Um, so being yourself and, and clearly defining that is a really great way to set yourself apart. And another piece of advice that I think is really common for service providers is to find a niche and really serve that niche. And so that could look like, you know, I only work with health and wellness businesses, or I only work with travel bloggers or whatever that might look like. But I would encourage people to sort of turn that on its head a little bit and instead to find your niche as what you are an expert in. So instead of saying, I only work with this type of client, 
to say, this is the type of work that I do. You know, this is my signature service. This is what I'm really good at and what I enjoy doing. And then to be able to translate that to almost any type of client. So instead of limiting yourself to only one specific, you know, category or niche or industry to say, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I'm awesome at. And anyone who is looking for that service you're able to help. And that's been something that, again, has allowed me to diversify my client base, um, which has been you know, really helpful when industries change and seasonality changes. Um, you're not then narrowed in and you don't only have examples from one particular industry or one type of business. Um, so looking at you know, how can I define myself as an expert in what I do and then really honing in on that. Wow. Yeah. I think that's such, you know, an incredible way to look at it. It's almost like finding your own niche instead of sort of mm-hmm. finding the niche that you're going for. Um, I think that's, you know, a great way to look at it and for people to really think about it when they are going for that. So thank you so much for sharing. I think that's yeah. such a great piece of advice. Um, and, you know, throughout your business journey, has there been sort of one really big highlight or successful moment that really stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a chance to work with some really cool clients and really cool projects. Last year, I had the opportunity to work with Earl's Restaurants, and uh, that was quite a, a feather in my cap. I thought, oh, you know, he's a really well-known national brand. And uh, when I started working with them, it intersected with the beginning of the pandemic and seeing the impact that they made through their online presence um, with the work that they were doing in providing food to communities and helping restaurants. Um, that was really cool to be a part of. But I would even say overarchingly in my business, I made a decision very early on that I was only going to work with people that I was really excited to work with. And since then, whenever I get off a call with a client, I'm like smiling with excitement. I am so happy to be working with them. When I get an email from someone, it's not like, oh gosh, I'm you know getting an email from that person again. It's like, I'm happy to hear from them. And so to be able to, in that way, control who I'm working with and the level of positivity in my own business and the excitement about the work that I do has been really profound. And I think that that's something that I'll definitely carry forward in my business, making sure that I'm working with people that are aligned with you know my personal and my business values that I connect with, um, whose expectations are you know reasonable within what I can provide, because then everyone walks away a lot happier. So that's been something that I was really thankful that I did at the beginning. Uh, because I think that that's what kept my satisfaction high with working in my business is not having to work with people who um, just aren't aren't correctly aligned and aren't the right fit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think I think that's, you know, a great point that, you know, a lot of people might be inclined to sort of say yes to any sort of business. But I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it's great that when you have that really passion towards it, because like you said, then everyone's happy on both sides. So I think that's a really great way to go about it. Um, And you know, that's, that's definitely something great that you've, you know, learned throughout running your business. Has there been sort of anything else you've really learned about yourself through the process? Yeah, I think one of the things I, I tease about is that I'm I'm basically unmanageable at this point and can never go back to a nine to five. <laughs> I can't possibly see myself being told what to do ever again. But um, no, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I think that one of the greatest things that no one really talks about is the level of 
bravery and vulnerability that are needed to be successful. And especially as a service provider where you're putting yourself out there, to be visible is very vulnerable to put yourself out there and say, this is what I do. Uh, you know, I'd like to help you. I think that I can help you can be very vulnerable to take risks takes a lot of bravery to say, you know what, I'm going to leave something safe and secure behind to take a bet on myself. Um, takes a lot of bravery uh, to listen to your intuition and your gut instead of, you know, any of the negativity that you know, maybe you are internally thinking or if you have people in your life that maybe don't understand. Um, I think that those are two things that I really had to pull on within myself that I haven't before this really, um, but that every day needing to be vulnerable and brave to move forward and to succeed and grow has been a really transformative experience. Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I mean, it, it is incredible sort of what entrepreneurs go through. And I think, like we said before, sort of a lot of people don't don't see that. And so I think it's, you know, really great hearing, um, you know, about those sort of revolutions and everything that goes on there. Um, and, you know, with that, too, I always really love to ask everyone sort of if there was one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's thinking of starting a business or who's maybe just starting out right now, uh, what would that be? Yeah, I think when we get started or we start thinking about starting our business, especially online, there's a lot telling us that we need a lot of very fancy and complicated things to be successful. You know, we need funnels and automation and a fancy website and all these different systems in place. But I have found that there are a lot of foundational business things that really can set you apart that are so simple, that are free, <laughs> that anyone can do, um, but that a lot of people, even who are really established, don't have in place. And so I would say to anyone who's looking to get started, the first thing would be to be visible. So at a minimum, this should look like a website that explains exactly what it is that you do and provide. Uh, and you'd be surprised at how many people who've been running a business for many, many years that don't have this. <laughs> and that can be, you know, really difficult for people who are trying to work with you. They don't know what you do. Uh, another thing is responding to people in a timely manner. I've had people that have chosen to work with me over a competitor simply because I got back to them faster. You know, I respond to all my emails within 24 hours. I've heard of people who don't respond to people for two weeks. Um, so even something as basic as simply responding to your email can make a huge difference. And the third thing I would say is to set and then exceed expectations. So letting people know exactly what they can expect from you and then not only meeting that, but going above and beyond. And you can do that either organically where it's like, hey, I'm just going to throw this other thing in or the results were amazing or you can actually bake that into your process where you have you know a secret surprise or an extra something that you throw into your process um, is a way to not only delight the customers that you have but that's also a way that you're going to get referrals and to have them refer to other people who are aligned and similar to them um, and a really great organic way to grow your business as well as to grow your reputation and to have people know who they should be going to for your particular service. And that's what will help you set. That's what will help set you apart. 
<laughs> yes, Actually, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yes. No, I think those are those are such great points. And I think they're, you know, very actionable items that, you know, anyone going into business can really take. And, you know, I think that, like you said, it really will make a huge difference sort of in the end, um, just having those, you know, features in place and those sort of processes, I think is is so important. So thank you so much for sharing, because I think that really is great, great advice for anyone that will be listening. And do you have any future plans for your business coming up that you'd like to share? Yeah, just, you know, growing my team so that I can help more people, you know, deliver the Teddy Besna experience uh, to more businesses. I think as a solopreneur, someone who started just, you know, me, myself and I, it's been a really great exercise in letting other people help so that I can grow so that I can reach more people. Um, You know, I initially was creating every single invoice for each client in Canva every month because I thought that that was what was important. (laughs) And now I realized that that's not going to actually impact my client's experience. So I've been bringing on a little more automation, a little more help and uh, trying to reach more people so we can make an impact. Awesome. I I love it. And where can people go to find out about all this, find your business and everything online? Absolutely. So my website is teddybesna.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Teddy Besna Digital MKTG. Uh, and those are the best places to find me. I always share lots of valuable tips, tricks. I'm always going live on Instagram. So uh, happy to answer any questions and share the SEO knowledge. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.